1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? (laughs) No, I can. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: It's our first Waiver Wire show of the 2022 season. But hey, before we get into that, kick it or go for it, Jamie. What should they have done?
2: You mean do the smart thing or be a moron?
3: <laughs>
0: well, that's...
2: Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's a moron.
3: Oh,
0: absolute, come on. Absolute moron. Oh, that's, too, that's a little harsh. He's probably a smart
2: guy. Right, he's a nice guy, but he's a moron.
0: Oh, man. So, he so they should have gone for it then?
2: Of course. Anybody <laughs> that says otherwise is an idiot. <laughs>
3: wow he's on fi- he's on fire folks dave kick it or go for it the only thing dumber than kicking it would have been punting it <laughs> or taking a knee
0: would have been bad
3: taking a knee would also have been bad all right i i i can't i can't explain it And, and i think his body language and his actions on the sideline told me that it's exactly what he wanted to do in that situation and that there wasn't a a screw up or a communication error. He wanted to kick that field goal with as little time left on the clock as possible.
0: He almost made it. Well, it, it, you know it was fourth and five. They, yeah, he you know, almost made it. It wasn't the. It wasn't that. It was bad. I mean, it was bad.
2: I'm I'm sure you weren't watching the Manning cast, Adam, but uh, I mean, <laughs> the Manning cast. Was Manning was screaming for a timeout. Screaming for a timeout. Shannon Sharp was on with them, and he was like, what, "What's going on?"
0: Well, <laughs> if you're gonna no, but if, if you're gonna kick the field goal, then then not using the timeout, then then he if you're gonna it kick the field goal, then
2: he used the timeout appropriately. The whole clock management at the end was so dumb.
0: If he was playing the for the field foul goal, guy was so dumb. Well, uh, I, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a shame because Javante Williams almost won them that game just by making that move to get an extra almost ten yards. Uh, and get them, which ended up being field goal range for them, but really just a more manageable fourth downs. What it should have been, and I wish. Do you think t- he
2: was in Denver with the with the air?
0: <laughs> He's got maybe with was of the kickers. Maybe all right, all right. So I guess he should have kicked the. I guess he should have gone for it, and it was at least a, a fun way to finish a great week one. If you don't remember, last year was one of the most exciting football seasons that we've ever had. I believe we had the most walk off wins in football history last year, and it, it was culminated in that. Uh, incredible Week 18 Sunday night game, the Chargers-Raiders. And we had the Chiefs-Bills in the playoffs. I mean, it was an amazing season. And Week 1 did not disappoint. Week 1 was great. But this is a waiver-wire show. So, the you know, some of the waiver-wire... The news uh, supporting the waiver-wire today, I'll give you the news. So, first of all, good news. George Kittle might practice on Wednesday. That's good. Najee Harris is reportedly going to play this week against the Patriots. So, keep that in mind if you're looking to make a bid or an ad on, on Jalen Warren. Uh, Eli Eli Mitchell could miss eight weeks he could miss he's the same with Dak Prescott these guys could be out for two months Mitchell with the knee injury Prescott with the thumb injury Damian Williams was a, a running back injury that doesn't get talked about much he actually might play this week so just keep that in mind uh, he's actually available in a lot of leagues and might you know may have been the starting running back for Atlanta uh, Chris Godwin could, yeah, got better news than they expected but it doesn't seem like Godwin's going to play this week at New Orleans could miss a few weeks we'll see T Higgins has the concussion Keenan Allen left early with a hamstring injury. So that's where we're at. So Jamie, with that said, you got, you write the waiver wire column every week. It's a, it's a real work of art. It's very thorough and very, very helpful. Give us the top three waiver wire priorities for fantasy week two.
2: Uh, Jeff Wilson is number one by far. That's not close. Um, and then it's a matter of, I think, what you need. I'm still going to put Jalen Warren second because despite the fact that we get the news that Najee Harris is expected to play, what if he gets to practice on Wednesday and that puts a problem for a guy that had a Liz Frank's brain in, in training camp or the end of training camp. So I'm going to put him second and then I'm going to go Tyler Boyd third um, with the idea of T Higgins potentially not playing. Boyd has now scored a touchdown in four straight regular season games going back to last year. He stepped up last season when Higgins was out and he's, the ultimate wide receiver handcuff as we will will maybe see if, if Higgins doesn't play this week again. But should something happen to Chase, should something happen to Higgins long term, uh, Boyd's in a great spot. So those will be my top three.
0: Before I go to Dave, a couple things here since this is week two and our first Waiver Wire episode. Jamie uses roster percentage and the guys that we really highlight are the ones who are rostered in 65% or fewer of CBS Sports Leagues. There is a player rostered in 66% of leagues and that's Julio Jones. Would you rather have Julio Jones or Tyler Boyd who's 54% rostered, I believe? So if you were going to include Jones, would he make your top 3?
2: Yes, Jones would be ahead of Boyd.
0: Okay. Uh there's also And Jack if you
2: Moore. want if you want to overlook Warren just because of, you know, the news of, of Najee Harris, you can go to Sterling Shepard, who might be the Giants' best receiver moving forward. You can go to Josh Palmer if you're looking for an immediate, you know, need if Keenan Allen doesn't play. So there are a lot of different options. Receiver, it's like wide open. There's just so, so many different guys you can use at wide receiver. True. Running back is just clear cut. Jeff Wilson's the guy.
0: And Daryl Henderson is 81% rostered, so that's a shallow league thing. But if if you are in a league, Dave, where Henderson is Michael
2: Carter 77% if you want to go that route.
0: Yeah, okay. So, so let's put Henderson, Carter, and Jeff Wilson on waivers, Dave. How do you prioritize them?
2: I'll take
3: Henderson first, Carter second, Gap, Wilson third.
0: If... Najee Harris. Let's say Najee Harris were out for for the same amount of time as Elijah Mitchell, which isn't the case. Harris is expected to play, but he's already dealing with.
3: And why are we? Why are you asking this question?
0: Because I want to know how you would value Jalen Warren if Najee Harris had been out. Would you have put him ahead of Jeff Wilson?
3: If Najee was out for two months, yeah. Who do you asked, think would have be been ahead of Jeff Wilson? Jeff Wilson. Jalen Warren
0: would have been for me. He would. Uh, Jamie, how about you? Because I think it's a question of how good of a handcuff could, could he— how good could Jalen Warren really be? Because I definitely see the reason to add him with two-foot issues already for Najee Harris. But how good could he be if he gets that role?
2: So that's the thing. Like, Heath and I were having this conversation on HQ yesterday that who's who's the better of the two? Warren, knowing that he's getting the full allotment of touches, or Wilson on a better team, better—not better, better, better offense at least, uh, better running offense at least. Um, with the uh, uh, potential of, of sharing touches. I would lean toward Wilson just because I know Shanahan's already trusted him once upon a time and I just think this offensive line could just be an absolute not that the 49ers offensive line is great, but this Steelers offensive line could just be an absolute disaster. And if Najee's not going to make plays behind this line, who's to say that Jalen Warren's going to make plays behind this line? So right. I'll take Wilson.
0: Right, that's kind of what I you know, what I was wondering too because it's not an ideal situation for either of them, unfortunately. It's not yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's competition, mainly Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel might have the most rushing touchdowns for the 49ers. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a player prop on that, but, uh, you know, there's Debo's competition, Trey Lance's competition, and, uh, and we'll see what they do with the young guys as well. All right. Uh, Jay, uh, Jamie mentioned Tyler Boyd being a good handcuff. He played two games last year without T. Higgins. He had 36 yards and a touchdown on six targets at Pittsburgh in a game where Burrow barely threw and he had 118 yards on 11 targets against the Jaguars. He had 17 targets on 50 Joe Burrow pass attempts in those two games. That is Tyler Boyd. I would like to apologize. I try to be a good fantasy football league mate. I try to be a good team member here. I want to apologize to everyone in my leagues for taking Jeff Wilson in almost all of my drafts and making <laughs> making the waiver wire less fun for you in week 2. I'm sorry. Uh, Dave, Julio Jones just missed the threshold. Jamie said he'd be ahead of Tyler Boyd, but what do you think about Julio? Is he worth an add? Even absent of a Chris Godwin injury, did you see enough from him in week one? The numbers weren't great, but Brady didn't throw an awful lot. Only 27 pass attempts, I believe. 66% rostered Julio Jones.
3: He moved a little better than he did in the very limited time that you saw in the preseason, and that's a good thing. And Godwin, who knows when he'll be back? Could be a month. Who knows how good he'll be when he does come back? And I, I think the Bucks told you everything you needed to know about Russell Gage, by how little he played uh, and how many targets he had. I, I think Julio definitely makes sense as an ad.
2: So I think the one thing about oh, Gage sorry. though is how much was he not 100 percent coming back from the hamstring injury. So
3: maybe, but still,
2: I'll, just I want, I want to see what he looks like. You know, another week of practice, and now that you know that Godwin is out, uh, obviously Julio's well ahead of him. There's there's no yep. question about that. But I wouldn't necessarily say Gage is an immediate drop in a deeper league. Sure. Like, if you if you have, you know, some this, like, you know, when, when we talk about some of these deeper ads at receiver, you know, Corey Davis coming off a good game, Donovan Peoples-Jones potentially, Greg Dorch, you know, if you're looking at just a, you know, one-week solution if Rondell Moore is still out, you know, those type of guys, you might want to just hold on to Gage just to see. Uh, because, again, you know, they're, they're going to be probably in a tougher game this week and potentially seeing a lot more. He's potentially going to see a lot more targets.
0: And New Orleans... Does really well against Brady, but New Orleans—that's their matchup this week. New Orleans crushes Mike Evans. Mike Evans is horrible every time he plays the Saints. So I actually wonder where we're going to end up with Julio Jones in our rankings and if he's going to be a recommended start. We have plenty of time to talk about that. Um,
2: Mike not, Evans also does great whenever Chris Godwin's not on the field too. So just keep that in mind.
0: Whenever Chris Godwin's not on the field. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't know if he's faced. I don't know if he's faced New Orleans without Godwin. He's going to be a number two
3: receiver this week.
0: Who? Evans?
3: Evans, yeah.
0: Uh, Uh, Dave, I don't know if we missed any names. Jamie said Jeff Wilson, Tyler Boyd, Jalen Warren. Who else do you want to highlight here?
3: I think we missed Curtis Samuel, and I know that it was weird to see him used as much as he was, but this is a Washington offense that I still don't think they think they've got a reliable run game. And so I mentioned this in the wake of – the situation with Brian Robinson that the best thing they could do is put their running backs out in space and throw to them. And they didn't do that with McKissick as much as they did with Gibson and Gibson did really well, but they did it with Samuel. And so he had a lot of these short passes that he was able to make plays with, including the one short range for a touchdown. Do I think he can keep that up all year? No. Do I think he's going to get 11 targets every week? No, but he could get six, seven, eight targets a week. I, I I have a hard time making him. I don't love anybody off the waiver wire. I don't think there's one clear-cut priority, gotta get him guy. But if you're if you're in a PPR league and you're looking for some cheap PPR points, we all are. I like Samuel. I, I think he could be a good short-term fix.
0: You don't think Jeff Wilson is a must-have go get him guy?
3: No. Too much. I'm competition. not convinced that he's. I'm not convinced he was the best running back on the field for the 49ers in week one.
0: Well, Mitchell was much better than him.
3: <laughs> no, I'm Debo's better. Oh yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, of course. So better.
3: how much work is there going to be for Wilson? And w- at one of these rookies behind him, I think it's going to be Jordan Mason. But I'm not in San Francisco. It sounds like Jordan Mason or Ty Davis Price uh, will be that guy. They're going to compete in practice this week, apparently, according to Kyle Shanahan. Wouldn't surprise me if it was Davis Price. But one of those two will end up getting some run as well. So welcome to the weirdest committee in the history of fantasy football where we've got a receiver and two running backs splitting the rushing workload for a team whose biggest problem right now is the offensive line.
0: For what it's worth, Jeff Wilson played four games without Mitchell last year. And Debo Samuel had five to eight carries in all four of those games. So this was the, the portion of the season where Debo Samuel was... Regularly involved as a running back, five to eight carries in all four of those games for Debo Wilson had 19, 13, 21 and 14 carries in those games. he had two great games. he had two he had two five you know five to six fantasy point games, which are not great. Uh, he
3: had one game with more than 15 PPR fantasy points. right,
0: right. but he had two games with 15, with 15 or more PPR fantasy points, right so. No.
3: Yeah. Uh, what do you have? Five point seven.
0: Yes, he had fourteen to fifteen fantasy points against Tennessee, and he had a huge game against Atlanta. So, what? Well, yes, technically one game with more than fifteen, but he had a game with about 15. another one that was
3: close. Okay. Yeah. So, so two, two so start worthy games. Percent rate of being like a, a, a definitely a quality start.
0: Yeah, two start worthy games, two two kind of duds. All right. Uh, let's see. Gonna give you some fab advice soon. Going to give you some more names. You might need a quarterback, Dak Prescott managers. So Carson Wentz, is someone we'll definitely talk about. If shallower leagues, Matt Ryan facing the team that Carson Wentz lit up in week one. Uh, but right now, you know, I got to tell you, I've had, if you've been following. I've got no air conditioning going on four weeks. Tomorrow is going to be my four-week anniversary of not having air conditioning.
2: It's insane.
3: I'm hot as hell. Well, is, is Nathaniel hacking? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's getting installed on Wednesday, actually. It's big news. But... I got to stay hydrated, and you have other reasons why you need to stay hydrated, okay? It's still summertime. It's still really hot, especially down there in South Florida, but all over the country, you know, and even if it's not, you got to go out for your run or whatever. Get some liquid IV in you. Liquid IV is awesome. It's a little uh, packet of powder that you pour in your water. You stir it up. Makes water taste better. Water tastes like nothing, this makes it taste better. It's delicious, and it hydrates you. It's got some great stuff in it. Um, we really love it in this house. I mean, my wife drinks it all the time. My kids always make me share it with them. But uh, it's, there's 10 refle- er, er, refreshing flavors. Concord grape, lemon lime. Lemon lime is the best. Love that one. Pina Colada Tropical Punch. This is non-GMO, no gluten, no dairy, no soy. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, and one packet of Liquid IV- In 16 ounces of water, hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. So I know Heath loves it. Heath goes running at 5 in the morning near Jamie's house every morning or whatever he does. He takes some liquid IV uh, on the way, and you're going to love it as well. And for every purchase, liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need. They have donated over 24 million servings globally. So there's another reason why you should go get it. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or discount time Get 15% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code FFT at checkout. Liquidiv.com. That's 15% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using the promo code FFT at liquidiv.com. All right. Only going to do this in week one, basically, or week two. But the best way to check the waiver wire if you're in a CBS Sports League, I don't know how you guys do it, First thing I do is go to the stats page. It'll show you the projections for the current week. Um, That's, you know, most of these guys are going to be high up on that list. But a guy like Jalen Warren might not be because I don't know if they're projecting Najee Harris. So you might not see him there. You can look at the most added players. You can look at the most rostered players, sort by free agents, and you'll see. Because sometimes there's a guy who's 85% owned that's on waivers that we're not going to talk about on the show, but but he's available in your league. So you can look at the most rostered players at each position. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any other any other tips. but uh, The only thing I
2: players. do, and this is in every sport, is I go to roster trends. The first thing I look for is most viewed because that'll tell you what most fantasy managers in the world are looking at, certainly the ones on our site. And then from there, I'll also look at most rostered because uh, agreed, Adam, there are some times where there's a player that might not be worth using that particular week, but he could have gotten dropped, especially if you go later in the week. You know, So if you miss your transactions or if you play in a billion leagues like I do, um, you can check to see, you know, if somebody was was released in their fantasy league, and that might be somebody you want to stash for the future future scenarios.
0: All right, we got a live stream tonight at eight p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. Live stream tonight at eight p.m. Eastern. We will see you there. Help with the waiver wire and any else anything else you need. All right, Dave. So, how much fab? What percentage of your budget should you be using on these players?
3: I wouldn't go higher than 25% on Wilson, and it might be I, – I think I'd have to be desperate for a running back. Like, I went zero RB, and Elijah Mitchell was my running back, and all the other running backs that I have on my bench aren't any good, and I didn't get Jeff Wilson with Elijah Mitchell. Then I might have to go higher than 25%. But I'm, I'm really not – I'm not feeling any of these guys to be big, splash, fab guys. I think I'll, I'll settle on a lot of like somewhere between 5 and 10% for most of the players we'll talk about.
0: Okay. Jamie, how about you? Fab?
2: Uh, I mean, you're going to see Wilson go for probably in the 50% range in, in several leagues for the scenarios that they've laid out. You know, zero RB or, you know, Mitchell was a starter for you. Um, I do think, though, probably 25 to 30% is where you want to take a shot at him. You know, just because you don't want to, This isn't like what we saw last year where Mitchell came in for Raheem Mostert, ran for 100 yards, and it just seemed like with Trey Sermon being a healthy scratch, that they were going to turn to Mitchell regardless. And remember, at that point, we did not know Debo Samuel was going to have this significant of a role. So um, I don't know if Wilson steps in automatically as a must-start fantasy option, um, but he does have that potential for the two months. So there there is a lot to be optimistic about Jeff Wilson, uh, but there's also reason to be pessimistic because of the other guys, because of Debo, because of Trey Lance. So. Uh, don't don't overspend for him unless you're just in a desperate situation. But we know how 14 team leagues, 16 team leagues go. Yeah, you might have to uh, be a little bit more aggressive again.
0: Do you think it makes sense to put two percent of your budget on Tyrion Davis Price or Jordan Mason?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you know if, if you if you yes. have a roster spot to play with, there, there's no reason why you shouldn't be trying to see which of these two guys might take the leap, you know, or at least might be a big part of it, but. Uh, I, w- I would guess that Wilson is going to get the first crack at it. I would guess that he's going to, uh, you know, have a-, a chance or two to fail um, because they do have some, some, you know, fail safes with Debo and with Trey Lance.
0: All right. And I think Kyle Shanahan said about T- TDP and-, and Mason, he said they got to grow up fast. So I think mm-hmm. that shows you where he is right now with the running back pecking order. It's oh. certainly going to be. It's certainly one going to of be Jeff, Jeff Wilson's job at first.
2: Well, I mean, he he trusts Wilson. Yeah. You know, I mean, this yeah. this is a guy that in the five year span we've talked about this a lot this offseason with the the negatives for Mitchell, five different leading rushers. One of them was Jeff Wilson. You know, so he's got a track record with him. He's the one that knows the system. He's the one that you know. I'm sure he's going to feel the most comfortable with. It's just a matter of will any of the two inexperienced guys that have to grow up quickly, will they grow up quickly enough that they'll put them on the field? You know, Because for a team that has some offensive line roles, especially up the middle, you got to be able to pass protect. And so will the two young guys be able to pass protect? If they can, they'll probably see more playing time. If they can't, you're not going to see them on the field.
3: You'll see Juszczyk on the field, and that's what happened a decent amount on Sunday. And definitely last year, Juszczyk was taking those downs.
0: Okay, so let's get some more names here. Let's get the top three priorities at each position. Later in the show, we'll go deeper into the list, but Jamie, who are the three best running uh, quarterbacks? Sorry, three best quarterbacks to get this week.
2: You know, what was interesting is that there weren't a lot of guys in our threshold that we talk about that I thought were good enough to pick up this week. Um, the three that I, that, that I would look at first one will be Wentz, the second one would be Marcus Mariota. And the third one would be Jared Goff. And if you want to flip Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield, those are only four quarterbacks that I recommend adding this week. Um, for the most part though, it's, it's a pretty thin group. You know, I'm not ready to go to Geno Smith. Um, who, you know, didn't didn't embarrass himself by any stretch. He played pretty well. Um, but some of it was a little fluky, especially after the, the first touchdown drive. Uh, but in any event, to me, it's it's Carson Wentz, then there's a teardrop, then Mariota, then there's a teardrop, and then it's, uh, you know, Goff or, or Baker.
0: Okay, Wentz has Detroit. It's a perfectly great matchup. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Mariota's at the Rams. I think they'll probably show up and bounce back, but uh, he ran for 72 yards and a touchdown. That's the thing.
2: He, you know, and he did it against a good defense too. You know, it's not like the Saints' defense is is horrible. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't get sacked, which was amazing. And so, you know, the fact that the protection held up, that he moved the way he did, just getting a rapport, at least in game action, with Drake London and even Kyle Pitts for that matter. You know, there's there's a potential nice ceiling here for him if he's going to run like this.
0: And uh, Mayfield has the Giants, who allowed 8.1 yards per attempt to Tannehill last week, which is really bad. Uh, and Jared Goff has Washington. So some good matchups within there, except not Mariota, but he does have the rushing ability. And then, of course, there's Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston who are available in about 25% of leagues. So they're widely rostered. But if they are available, uh, how, who would you prioritize, Ryan or Winston? And would you add him over Carson Wentz? I'll go to you first, Jamie.
2: Winston, Wentz, Mariota,
0: Ryan would be my order. Wow, Ryan fourth. Interesting. Dave, how about you?
3: I'll take Wentz first, Ryan second, Winston third, and then who was the fourth name? Mariota. He'd mm-hmm. be fourth. But that's just how I have him ranked this week. I'm not – I'm I'm. I'm playing the waiver wire if I lost Dak Prescott. I'm going to stream from game to game. And I'm hoping that Carson Wentz keeps throwing in lieu of a run game. Oh, just, I'm sorry. That's, I mean I, 300 yards a week.
0: And where does Justin Fields factor in here? Because he's, what, like 68% rostered or something?
2: 67. He, he's a good stash candidate. I mean, look, you know – I don't want to necessarily fully say, oh, my God, Trey Lance and Justin Fields are complete trash after what they played in in that game. And right. so, you know, Fields, I still think will run a lot more. I thought he showed a lot of poise in how he finished that game. And so, you know, nothing from Darnell Mooney, who might be a problem if teams are just going to be able to take him away like that. Nothing from Cole Komet. And so using, you know, if it's a fluke play for Dante Pettis, how he scored. But um, you know, if if he's able to just use his legs a little bit more, I think he'll get back into the potential streaming conversation. But you know, th- these these first two weeks are not going to be easy for him against San Francisco and Green Bay.
0: Yeah, the schedule gets much better after Green Bay, who obviously wasn't very good defensively at all. My gosh, their coverage breakdowns were terrible. But then Houston yeah, don't
2: play zone against the Vikings.
0: Houston, the Giants, the Vikings, and Washington are the next four games beginning in, in week three for Justin Fields. So don't give up on him and. You know, don't give up on it. Don't give up on Lance. Don't give up on Rogers. Don't give up on Stafford. You're probably just starting those guys. You could maybe make a decision. I don't know. Like, like, do you have Carson Wentz or Ryan or Winston or, or somebody ranked ahead of Rogers, uh, Stafford, Trey Lance this week?
2: Nope. No, I love Not Stafford enough. this week. Um. No. Uh no. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think. Wentz or Trey Lance? Uh, probably Lance higher.
3: I've got Lance one spot ahead of Wentz. Lance Wentz. Lance Wentz. Did
0: you believe the, the 49ers had the fewest amount of yards after catch in week one in the NFL, at least going into the Monday night game? And that's
3: their specialty. Because they played well, in a pool. I know, and,
2: I know. And they put one of their best assets that does that in the backfield. And the other yeah. best asset that does that was not playing. Not playing.
0: Yep. Okay, running back, Dave, the top three running backs. So Henderson and Michael Carter would, would be big priorities if available. But other than that, Jeff Wilson's one. Who's next?
3: If you need a running back and you miss on Jeff Wilson, I think you got to go to Rex Burkhead. And I know that that's gross, but he's someone who's going to play. Figure he'll get at least half the snaps in Houston. Last week it was over 70% of the snaps. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll help you get some fantasy points. I don't think you should expect a lot. Um, After those two, Khalil Herbert's available in 53% of leagues. And he's actually my favorite if you don't need a running back anytime soon. Uh, I, I think he'll go for way less than Jeff Wilson. I think there's a chance he eventually takes over in Chicago. He's already working in tandem with David Montgomery in Chicago. He's absolutely maybe the best. He's the best player to go pick up off the waiver wire this week. If you won in week one and you love your starting lineup, and you like most of the depth on your team.
0: That's Khalil Herbert. So Dave says, Jeff Wilson, Rex Burkhead, Khalil Herbert. Jalen Warren, where does he factor in there?
3: He's low for me because it looks like Najee's going to play. And even if Najee was out, Jamie talked about it. That offensive line was dreadful. So how how good can an undrafted running back be behind that offensive line?
0: Another name to keep in mind is Jamal Williams. You He's on Jamie's list. He's right there with Khalil Herbert. Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess um, I want to ask you about Damian Williams 23% rostered when Tyler Algier was inactive I think I saw a couple people including Dave pick up Damian Williams and Williams got two of the first three carries for the Falcons then he got hurt and Patterson ended up with 22 carries which was a career high Uh, but are we sleeping on Damian Williams who I think he said that he feels like he'll play this week but is that someone that we should be adding only 23% rostered and probably not on the minds of fantasy managers? Dave, what do you think about Damian Williams?
3: I don't think much of Damian Williams. I think if he plays, he'll take some work off of Cordero Patterson, but I I think the way that the dominoes fell in week one kind of proved to the Falcons that Patterson shouldn't be forgotten about and they should use him as a huge part of their run game moving forward. And I'm sure they realize that. So Damian Williams, it would be stunning if they went to him for 50% of the work after what Patterson did. Plus, it's an impossible matchup this week against the Rams. <laughs>
0: That's what I thought about the Saints. But uh, uh, they, they, they have the Bucks. The Bucs, right? Who? Falcons. The Falcons have the Rams. Oh, yeah. Oh, Falcons have the Rams. Oh, Falcons have the Rams this week. The Saints have the Bucs. That's why I said that. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Because uh, they had the Saints in week one. Okay, uh, how about wide receivers, Jamie? The top wide receivers. You said Tyler Boyd earlier, so uh, Julio Jones would be ahead of Tyler Boyd. but He just misses the cut. So let's say if we're not getting Julio Jones, if we're not getting Tyler Boyd, who are the next three?
2: Uh, You're not getting Julio Jones. You're not getting Tyler Boyd. I would go to Sterling Shepard because something's going on with Kadarius Toney only playing seven snaps. Kenny Galladay is Kenny Galladay, and Wando Robinson got hurt. And so Shepard, you know, it's easy to say, look how great James Robinson was in his return from his Achilles tear, and it's awesome. But Shepard with a huge play down the field, looking explosive again, and we know the history with Daniel Jones there. So they didn't play a full allotment of snaps. Uh, He's going to end up being the Giants' best receiver by the end of the season. Then I would go to Jarvis Landry, who Jameis Winston leaned on him quite a bit. I think that was pretty impressive. Uh, Led the team in catches, yards, and targets. Now, obviously, Michael Thomas will probably take over that role, but Jarvis Landry, as we know, never goes away. And will continue probably to be a factor. So, like him second. And then the third option would be Josh Palmer. Uh, again, if Keenan Allen's hamstring injury is a problem, and it's great that he's optimistic that he's going to play Thursday, he's probably not. So, if this lingers, Josh Palmer is going to have a big role. Stepped up in one game last year without Keenan Allen and played, you know, I know DeAndre Carter was the one that benefited. But if you look at just how they played those guys, when they were in two receiver sets, it was Josh Palmer on the field. And so he'll be the one that benefits. Justin Herbert's going to lean more on his receivers moving forward. So, Mike Williams will be a star and Josh Palmer will get better days uh, if Allen is not there.
3: Palmer ran more routes than Carter, too, after the Allen injury. Not by much, but both Palmer and Gerald Everett ran more routes than Carter. So I'm sorry. I got to ask something. Oh, yeah. No Curtis Samuel, Jamie? You no, know, I would take time, Jahan
2: Dotson over Curtis Samuel. Uh, I, once I think upon a he, time,
3: you love this
2: guy. I'm yeah, no, I think Samuel's fine. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to buy what he did last week and think that's a sign of things to come. I know the offense likes him. The coaching staff likes him. They, can't, they, you know, they brought him there from Carolina. Uh, but it's not going to be a lot of weeks where Terry McLaurin has four targets. There's not going to be a lot of weeks where Jahan Dotson only catches two passes or three passes, whatever it was, two touchdowns. Right. Um, he was on the field more. McLaurin was on the field more. Samuel's going to be a nice gadget player. This might have been his best game in terms of his targets and catches. So if anybody wants to chase him, go ahead. It's not going to be me.
0: I, I'm sorry. Shepard, Palmer, and who? Who's your other, other in the top three? Landry. Oh, Jarvis uh, Landry. Jarvis.
2: Landry.
0: Uh, that was a and weird like one. Him. You know, they were throwing kind of downfield to him. He had a pretty high A dot. Yeah. I watched all of his targets. Uh, good connection there with Jameis. That was, a, that was interesting. I Man, I hope I didn't completely miss the boat on Landry, but I also feel like this will be the best game of his season. But, but,
2: but it might it might be and and look Olave is going to have some some better days ahead but you know I think the thing about this is is that we may and this is why I think Jameis is 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 the best quarterback dad if he's available uh, we may overlook the absence of Sean Payton and maybe freeing of Jameis Winston now granted the score probably had a lot to do with that but what if they just allow this offense to be a little bit more pass up tempo uh, than what we saw last year you know when when Jameis was the starter. So yeah. I think it could be fun to see what New Orleans looks like. And Jarvis Landry is somebody I think you can buy into.
3: I wonder if they do that when they're playing with a lead, though. When they're playing with right. a lead, I, I bet Jameis doesn't throw much.
0: Plus, Kamara uh, got sure. banged up. And and Michael Thomas only played like 65-ish percent of the snaps.
3: Right. He didn't get going until the fourth quarter. And really, Jameis didn't get going until the fourth quarter. But when they got going, uh, they were both awesome.
0: One of Jarvis Landry's catches, maybe his longest one of the day, was... Of All the plays I've seen, the worst coverage I've seen. I don't know if you saw it, Dave. Casey Hayward just let Jarvis – it was a big play. Let him run right by him it was pathetic. I don't know what that was. All right, tight ends, Dave. No, Who are the see. best tight ends to add this week?
3: Albert, say it with me. Oak well, – I'll do it slowly. Oak, woo, a, boo, nam. Yep. Easy, right? Please tell that to
0: everyone on ESPN.
3: <laughs> 48% <laughs> rostered. Um, I think he's the best tight end that you can grab off the waiver wire and use. I love the usage. Russ was throwing short most of the game. It was really a little odd, but Mm -hmm. if he's going to keep that up, Okuwebanam should continue to get some looks. I like Gerald Everett, too, but he's 59% rostered. I think he's got an opportunity for some some more good numbers as long as Keenan Allen is out. And Logan Thomas is next for me at 22% rostered.
0: Oh, Alberto, Logan Thomas. Who'd you say?
3: say? Albert who? How uh,
0: Yes. Good. I, I've been, I look, man, with the second he was eligible for the draft, I looked up his name. I saw him say a video on how to pronounce his name. I've been saying his name right since the jump. Uh huh. They were butchering it last night. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, who was the other one?
3: Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Okay. That's what I thought. But it, it goes Okuwebunam Everett Thomas for me. Okay. And not Taysom Hill. Let's just just talk about that because I that's the guy we're getting a lot of questions about. Everybody's gonna there's gonna be a huge rush for him. Okay, but but you're not interested. No. Yes, thanks, Samantha. I'm not good with tight ends who are known for their rushing and only gonna get one pass.
0: Oh, Samantha Praviti is one. in our chat today. That's great. Yes, they could not pronounce Okwabudob. It was like. Okuuba I think they were saying. I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, and then on Sports Center too. But I was, you know what? I gotta say, Monday Night Football was really great with Buck and Aikman. Those guys are are terrific. I don't want to just crap on ESPN. That was a great broadcast. And um, finally, you know, they've got their team. Uh, it, was,
2: it was. I didn't great. listen to one second of it.
0: Nah, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. I don't. I mean, I love Buck
3: and Aikman. I I think they're outstanding.
2: They
0: uh,
3: are. But when you've got the chance to. Go inside the mind of Peyton and Eli Manning. You don't pass that up.
2: Ever. It was kind of it was kind of crappy to do that to Buck and Aikman to put the the Manning cast on I, the first. Yeah, day.
3: I was a little.
0: Yeah, I, I thought I kind of thought the same thing. I wonder what the ratings are. Do we know who watch uh, who watches more? Definitely more people watch the regular stream, right?
2: Uh, I I was so, so on, on ABC, right? But I, I think the problem is like you're just you you're you're taking away from yeah. What should be your your debut of these guys that you spend all this money on?
0: Yeah. All right, DSTs, Jamie. Who are the best DSTs? I'm
3: sure they're really upset about it as they count their
2: millions. <laughs> from the yeah, they're match. not upset. Not but you know what? Those guys have egos, I'm sure. They want to be seen as they should be. Um, I cheated a little bit with this one because it's not a great week for DST streamers. So I put the Browns on this list at 70%. They should be 100% rostered, taking on the Jets. Uh, the Bengals because of Cooper Rush. And then the Patriots, because the Steelers, despite winning the game, their offense still looked miserable, and Najee might not play.
0: Okay. Sam Bengals.
2: Say him again? Browns, Bengals, Patriots.
0: Browns, Browns Bengals, Patriots. Okay. Dave, IDP. Got any IDP? I've won. Not even one. Oh, wait. I forgot about kicker. Youngway Koo is so good. Holy cow, is he
3: good. Uh, but who else? Uh, what, pick, what kicker should we pick up? Nathaniel Hackett is making Brandon <laughs> McManus his number one. line <laughs> this week.
2: Jamie, who are the kickers? Uh, Cade York, Browns MVP. Uh, Young Shui Koo and Will Lutz.
0: Okay, and IDP, Marcus Williams for the Ravens. He played almost every snap. This was his first game with the team. He's 3% rostered in CBS Sports IDP leagues. He had 10 tackles. Uh, He was all over the place. So check out Marcus Williams. Alex Highsmith had three sacks. Unfortunately, he's a linebacker, but he also had uh, nine tackles, I think six solo. So he's kind of J.J. Watts, T.J. Watts fill-in.
3: Yep, yep. Uh, I don't know that. Well, I mean, he was playing opposite T.J. Watt. Okay. So now he'll be their top pass rusher.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to chase. I wouldn't chase linebackers. It's one thing they're defensive line eligible, but I wouldn't chase linebackers who had a lot of sacks because when they don't have sacks, they have terrible games. Uh, Yep. You so, mean,
2: what's that? You mean pass rushing linebackers?
0: Yes. Edge guys. It, guys who don't have a lot of tackles. I wouldn't chase right. the guys who don't get a ton of tackles, but get a lot of sacks. Right. Because
3: that are linebackers. Right. Unless your league doesn't reward tackles for IDPs. There are some that are out there, in which case those linebackers are worth something because they do get stats that are not tackles.
0: Let's see who is Pete Werner. Pete Werner led the Saints in tackles with 12, or he had 13 tackles, 12 of them solo. Okay. All right. He was a second-round pick in 2021. He had 62 tackles as a rookie. Maybe he is a breakout. Pete Werner for the New Orleans Saints. I am going to add him right now. Well, I'm going to put a claim for him anyway. And since I got my ass kicked, I have the fourth waiver wire spot, so I might be able to pull this off.
2: And uh, no, I might have the first first one. Maybe I'll get him ahead of you. Okay, like <laughs> V.
0: Worder. Good luck, late Vaderesh Thief. All right, <laughs> Is that uh, it was that's who it was. LVE. That's right. So before we go to break
2: here, deep league targets, deep league. And by the way, in that league, I have Wilson, not you, buddy.
0: I was just saying that was one of the few leagues where I don't have Jeff Wilson.
2: You know what I did in that league? What with like two of my last picks, I took Sermon and Wilson. We drafted that like middle of training camp. So I, took, I think back-to-back picks like Wilson and Sermon just because of this, <laughs> this <Right. exact> scenario.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I have Montgomery and Herbert in that league. I, I wonder if I'm going to be starting uh, starting in week five, maybe. You're
2: starting Montgomery.
0: Yeah, I know. Herbert I know.
2: played four series.
0: I know, I know. But Montgomery's longest run was three yards. Great start. Uh, deep league targets. Really a lot of wide receivers, Dave, who are barely rostered. Do you care about them? Do you care about the Dorches of the world?
3: I care a lot about Kyle Phillips. I loved watching him in the preseason, and he didn't disappoint in the first game for Tennessee. Lots of targets, lots of catches, uh, a PPR special for sure. Uh, There's a part of me that likes him more than Josh Palmer, because I think you're going to get a season full of good numbers from Kyle Phillips. So I I, I like him a lot. Uh, I'm not really buying into Devin DuVernay, but he's available in 98% of leagues. You can absolutely take the chance on him. Uh, To be that guy, DeAndre Carter would qualify in this conversation. He's available in 100% of CBS leagues. I'd rather have DuVernay, but if you're you're looking for someone and you miss on Phillips, you miss on DuVernay, you could go to him. And we we didn't talk about Christian Watson, who is available in about two-thirds of our leagues and had a huge opportunity early in that game against Minnesota and dropped a ball, but still continued to play, still had a couple of manufactured touches, I'm thinking that he's eventually going to be uh, a nice part of this Green Bay offense. I don't think he keeps making big mistakes. Remember, he barely had a training camp. Christian Watson, yeah. This is Christian Watson. I think he'll end up being the best receiver in Green
0: Bay. And I know you like Curtis Samuel,
3: obviously. He's 5% rostered. I do like... Right, exactly. That's another great one. How about Zay Jones?
0: Zay Jones, nine targets, uh, six catches, 65 yards, 4% rostered.
3: Yep, that's another one. No one really likes using... Jaguars, wide receivers, but maybe you'll change your mind after seeing what Kirk and Zay did in week one.
0: At the very least, these are players to put on your radar in case they have another good week. Uh, I just want to say, in case this doesn't come up, Traylon Burks is not somebody you should drop. He's 75-ish percent rostered.
3: I don't know how many rookie receivers I'm comfortable dropping. Sky Moore, I
2: would drop. Romeo Dobbs?
3: If I needed to, yeah. I mean, didn't he lead the Packers in receiving? He did. So six, uh, five targets, four catches, thirty-seven yards. All right, five targets. It's not bad. Yeah. About one seventh of Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, like you know. So I have to list players to drop, which is always a challenge after week one because like you don't want to necessarily overreact to certain things, but just sticking with the Titans, like Robert Woods was a disaster. My goodness. Yes. Like, what? What do you do with him? <laughs> you know, at this point, it's like him. Uh, I put Tyler Lockett as a drop candidate because I just don't feel like he's going to ever maximize his potential and, and and really point, Like Woods, I still have some hope because of the, the role that he plays in the offense that he plays in. Um, but like some of these veteran guys that struggle, like I'm looking at the roster percentages and, and the guys like it, Am I overreacting to drop him? Am I overreacting to drop him? And it's, it, it you know, like when you read the column, you're going to say like, Oh really? These are the guys you're telling me to drop. Wow. Thanks. But it's, it's like, it, it's, it's hard to say, okay, Completely punt on these guys. Like Daryl Williams, for example, he's 60% rostered. That's an easy guy to, to get rid yep, of at this point. Right. You know, it's, yes. it, yep. it's it's guys like in, in that range. Um, but like for example, if you don't have an IR spot, you probably have to drop Elijah Mitchell in the 10-team league if you have a shallow bench. You know, it's hard to roster somebody like that for eight weeks when you have a very deep talent pool on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Dak Prescott. Yeah, if you can't stash him, you know, he might not return until week 10. Don't drop CD carry- Lamb. <laughs> Huh? Don't drop CD lamb. Yeah. I mean, you you know, to, you're not, you're not spite dropping Allen Robinson and CD lamb and DJ Moore and some of these guys that we had high expectations for, by the way, um, I was thinking about this, Adam, how you kept saying, and I still think it's going to come true, but, uh, uh, how deep the wide receiver pool is when you get into rounds three, four and five and think about the group of guys that went in rounds three, four and five, Ugh. how disastrous they were this weekend. Absolutely disastrous for the most part. Like Sutton was mediocre. Williams was a disaster. Mike Williams was a disaster. Alan Robinson, a disaster. Brandon Cooks is yep. okay. Um, Godwin. Godwin got hurt. Well, I mean, you know, the guys got hurt. It's hard to necessarily say, but yes, got hurt. Um, DJ Moore, you know, it, just, it was like, oh my God, what a bloodbath it was for that group uh, that, that could have. And, and I felt like, you know, uh, league winners. Like I'll give you an example. Our, uh, our salary cap league. I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't have enough exposure to Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton. So I was, I planned on overspending for those guys because I wanted those two on my roster. And when I came out of the draft, I was like, I didn't, I didn't have a, a very deep bench. Um, but I was like, oh, I really like this team. I got Lamar Jackson. First league, I got Lamar Jackson in. Uh, I overspent for Damian Pierce, but I wanted him. Um, Leonard Fournette, I didn't have a lot of exposure to. I got Fournette. But I was like, I was so excited about the receivers because I'm like, I got I got Mike Williams. I got Corlin Sutton. I'm like, man, I feel good. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about those two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I, mean, we'll talk about that game in a minute, but I, I'm, I think actually – Kind of encouraged by Sutton and Judy. I think they're both gonna yeah, have really yeah, yeah, good yeah.
2: years. Yeah, for All right, sure. Let's take a break here. When we come by back- the way, I hit on one of the worst, the worst props that I've ever given on HQ, but I but it came came true. I had to give an under prop. I always like to give the 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 pop the numbers that are reduced in our favor. And it was uh Judy under four and a half catches. And I said this on the air, I was like, I don't really love this, but it's the only one that I found that I think could actually come true. I was like, he's gonna go for four for eighty and a touchdown. And then <laughs> when he got to the Not four that. catches, it was, it was relatively early in the third quarter, I think. Um I was like, oh, this is this is disastrous. Um, but yeah, it uh, that one I hit on, and I hit on the Alberto over uh, receptions was three and a half.
3: Nice. Did you take Javante Williams over ten and a half catches?
2: I <laughs> see <laughs> the number was uh, was nine and a half, Dave. So he had to name. Oh, <laughs> oh easy. Well there you
0: go. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about fumbles. Seattle. If you got
2: two fumbles for the backfield, you were good.
0: Two fumbles, man. Two big fumbles. <laughs> they had, I think, 180 more total yards than the Seahawks last night. So we'll talk about that game when we come back. And they had a better
2: coach. Uh, they win the game.
0: And it, well. Yeah, I mean, hey, he didn't fumble at the goal line. He didn't get stuffed at the goal line. It wasn't just on him, but...
2: He called uh, those plays.
0: True. All right, anyway, uh, we'll be right back to talk about Seattle-Denver and give you even more names to know for the waiver Wire and the drop meter Where's Kadarius Tony on the drop meter We'll be right
1: back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. This is our first waiver wire show. Love the waiver wire show, and love all of you for being here. Seventeen hundred people live watching on YouTube. Please hit the like button. We would really appreciate it. Help us continue to grow our YouTube audience. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. Okay, uh, Seattle seventeen, Denver sixteen. The Seahawks. Just like they did last year, they ran the fewest plays in football. 49 plays, one fewer than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that was really crushed fantasy values last year. They were playing at, at a disadvantage, just running slow, stupid offense with terrible third down rates. I don't know what the deal was in this game, but 49 plays, not going to get it done. So, If we start with the Seattle side of the ball, do they have one player that you're going to be confident in starting at San Francisco in Week 2, Dave Richard?
3: You'll start DK. And that's about it as far as confidence goes. And you won't even be that confident when you start Metcalf. Penny. I, I, I thought he'd get more work. I thought he looked mostly. Okay. Not great. Oh, come on. He looked great, he man.
2: Looked- he had, he had two or three holding calls that yeah. just killed him. Absolutely killed him because he, he did look great, you know, and it was, it was fun okay. to see. Come on, Dave. No, nah, I, I thought there were
3: a lot of runs where, um, he left something there, but he, I thought he looked okay.
2: He would have probably right. had what he's I good. would say over hundred yards if the holding calls didn't count.
3: I, right, I can't say
0: that. I mean, why I do you think he got yards? those yards? Yeah. That's always, oh, that, no, no, no. But there, there
2: was at least one where it was a hold on the other side of the field. And it was like, come on, man.
0: 12 carries for 60 yards. You know, he, he broke some tackles. Uh, he's he good, did. but they got to run more plays. <laughs> And, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, look at San Francisco. So you said you'll start Metcalf. He was kind of peppered with targets, seven targets, and he had a fumble. 36
3: throws, 36
0: yards. And he was shadowed the entire game by Pat Sertan, who could be one of the best cornerbacks in football. So we'll keep that in mind. But uh, how about Lockett? Would you drop Lockett? 89% rostered. Yep. 10
3: team leads. He's droppable. Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly not startable.
0: All right, let's Which talk about the most
3: more... to go off for like 120 yards. A I'm
0: point. sorry for giving you Seattle, Dave. Jamie, you get Denver. <laughs> there are like a
2: million storylines here. What did you make of this performance? It was great to see Javante involved in the passing game, you know. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Uh, a little frustrating to see him, you know, get out carried by Melvin Gordon, but you know it was uh, for for those who watched the Manning cast, Shannon Sharp was saying uh, the first thing he said when he got on the air he was like Peyton, Peyton why don't they just use Javante every time? And then whenever he needs a break, just put Melvin Gordon in for a series. I mean, everybody watches it, sees Javante wins as a better running back, you know, so Melvin Gordon maybe takes a step back. I thought when he fumbled at the goal line, actually got, you know, old take exposed a few, few times on this one. um, Because Peyton said, Javante punches that one. in, And I said, even Peyton saw it. Javante scores that touchdown. And then of course, Javante comes back and fumbles. And uh, thanks Tom Fornelli, by the way, he's the first one that, 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 Tagged old take exposure. ring. me. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think you just look at Javante. If he continues to have this much of a role in the passing game, you know, I agree with Dave that Alberto should be on the list of, of players to add, but he's the third receiver. Javante Williams is behind Sutton and, and Judy. He might be the best receiver. You know, we kept spe- spending all offseason talking about Aaron Jones and um, uh, I forget the second guy we were saying to lead the team in, in receptions. Uh, Barkley, so yeah, was, Swift. Oh, Barkley was the other guy. Um, okay. but. You know, you look at Javante, I mean, my gosh, I don't know what happened to Russell Wilson, why he turned it to a check down quarterback. Maybe Nathaniel has ruined him too. Um, but uh, just, you know, Javante's uses in the passing game was great. And then, you know, for the receivers, like you said, Adam, th- there's there's a lot to like about where Sutton and Judy can be moving.
0: Oh, Dave, what happened to Jamie?
3: Looks like <laughs> he lost his internet connection. Uh, oh, he's back. Only amateurs lose their internet connection. <laughs> Jamie's back. Just kidding. All right, what were you saying,
2: Jamie? I don't know where you lost me.
0: Uh, all right, let's talk about Sutton and Judy. They both only had seven <laughs> targets. Judy had the long, sixty-seven-yard touchdown catch. Sutton had seventy-two yards. Judy had a hundred and two. Uh, Sutton had three deep ball targets. One of them was didn't count because it was a pass interference. He drew a pass interference to set up first and goal. But yeah, I mean, just to sum it up, man, I am encouraged. I think you know, they're I think they're both going to have good years. You still feel that way? Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. I, we probably don't have to get it. I
3: do. Either. I love Judy's speed was on display.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. On
3: plenty, on plenty of plays. So that's what I was looking for last year from him. He got hurt. What are you gonna do? They so they really I don't yeah. know if he's making 60 yard touchdowns every week, but he'll be given a lot of opportunities. This it almost played out like how we were talking during the preseason that Sutton will be used like Metcalf, and that Judy will have opportunities like DK, like a uh, Lockett. And here was a play where Judy got, like, I don't know if he necessarily got behind coverage, but he had a step on him, made the catch, shed the coverage, ran to the end zone. Very locketish. All
0: right, so, you know, you only see the, the points, 16 points for the Broncos. Disappointing, but they were fourth in total yards, and they were third in yards per play behind the Chiefs and the Broncos. So that was really a, a great start for their offense. They just couldn't cash in. And a bad start, really, for the Seahawks' defense, which shouldn't be much of a surprise because they are not supposed to have a good defense. Okay, oh, man, I want to do the dropometer, meter but I feel like I don't, want to, I don't want to miss any names on the waiver wire. So I don't think we have. I'm just going to recap the waiver wire real quick. At quarterback, uh, if, J- if Jameis Winston is available, go ahead and get him. Carson Wentz, Mariota... Goff, Mayfield, these are options. Also, Justin Fields and Matt Ryan would be in the mix, but those guys are rostered in about 70% of leagues. Uh, And at running back, the names that we keep giving you in in shallow leagues are Daryl Henderson and Michael Carter. Also, Alexander Madison, Kenneth Gainwell, Isaiah Pacheco. These guys could all be available. They're 70% rostered or more, but they could be available in your league. What do you do real quick with Tyler Algier? 76% rostered.
2: I hold. Yeah, I would hold him, especially if Williams is, is banged up.
0: But you drop him for Jeff Wilson, right?
2: 1,000 yes. billion percent. All
0: right, Jeff Wilson is the top running back to add. Jalen Warren is probably not going to get anything this week because it looks like Najee's going to play, but two foot injuries already. for By, by the way, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I should know this, but I haven't been able to find it. Is it the same foot for Najee Harris?
2: I don't think we've gotten an answer on that.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, so either way, you know, this is a— Precarious situation here, so that's why Jalen Warren is at on minimum.
3: Season. If you've got Najee, you need to get Jalen Warren, or have a lot of good running backs on your bench.
0: Other players we mentioned were Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, and Rex Burkhead, but we didn't mention Kenyon Drake, who completely outsnapped and outtouched Mike Davis. Didn't play well, but gets the Dolphins this week. Kenyon Drake. Stash, Brian Robinson. Rashad White seems to be the clear number two for Tampa Bay. Dontrell Hilliard barely played, actually, and he caught two touchdowns against the Giants. Um, You think McCaffrey can do something against the Giants this week? You know Benjamin is the number two guy behind James Conner, but worth noting, and I don't know if you heard the show yesterday, everybody, but it's great stuff from Dan and Jacob. James Conner played almost every snap in the first three quarters. Benjamin got all of his work in garbage time. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Rex, Bur- like who, who do you think you'd drop for Rex Burkhead? We probably should, Dave, you mentioned him as one of your three favorites outside of Wilson and Warren. Um, you know, well,
3: what would you, does it have to be a running back that I'm dropping for him?
0: No, I guess not.
3: Would you I mean, drop? We've got a whole cut list of of players. Throw a name at. Me.
0: Kadarius Tony.
3: You could drop Tony. I don't want to drop Tony. He's on that list of guys that I don't want to drop, but I would if I really needed.
2: Especially with Wondell hurt.
0: I think Wondell's uh, fine. I think I saw that he's day to day. Doctor Azer. Yeah, I looked at the scans. <laughs> Same. Uh, okay. And any interest in Zach Moss? By the way, he's six percent rostered.
2: Deep leagues. He's interesting. I think deeper leagues. You know, if you if you lost Mitchell and you're stuck, I should probably put him on the list. Six catches is hard to overlook in that offense. Mark Ingram, Ah, 49%. He might not
3: have six catches the rest of the year.
2: He might not, but he also might be great if Devin Singletary gets hurt.
3: Then he would have more than six catches.
2: Who would you say, Mark
3: Ingram, 49% rostered.
2: Same thing. You know, it's like there's a few guys. I could have made this list, you know, 30 deep if I wanted to. You know, just based on, like, you should add J.D. McKissick, You should add Derek McKinnon. You should add all these guys because at some point they might have a role. It's just a matter of, like, how much do you want fantasy managers turning over their roster? Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if you're the Alvin Kamara owner manager, knowing that he just got banged up a little bit, you want to pick up Mark Ingram, you probably should, you know, if you're looking at, um, you know, some pass catching running backs that might have an, a, an opportunity McKissick McKinnon, you know, those type of guys. Sure. But, you know, I, like I, what I try to do is, you know, make it the most you know relevant guys that I think should matter for this week. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's just my approach to it and how I would, how I would, be adding these guys as well.
0: Yeah, I guess I think the tough thing is if you're the Camara manager, you don't really need a running back right now. Do you drop Mark Ingram for Rex Burkhead?
2: If I'm never playing Rex Burkhead, there's a much higher ceiling for Mark Ingram if he's a starter for the Saints than there is if Rex Burkhead's the feature guy for the Texans. So I'm probably but if I him need
1: right
3: if sure, but if I need a running back this week.
2: But that's what Adam said. He said if you don't need
1: him.
3: Yeah, if you don't need one, then you hang on to Ingram. Right. But if you also don't need one, you should turn him into Khalil Herbert if you can.
2: But like that's a scenario where, for example, like I'm, I'm in one league where I don't need a running back and I'm going to be first on waivers because I had a terrible week one. I'm picking up Jeff Wilson. <laughs> I mean, that's easy.
3: Right.
0: Okay. Wide receivers, check to see if MVS and Julio Jones are available. And uh, players to add are Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard, Jarvis Landry, Josh Palmer. I think we spoke pretty pretty decently about all those guys. Boyd, Shepard, Landry, and Palmer. Julio Jones is 66% rostered. What do you think his roster percentage should be by Thursday?
2: 84. I don't know if he gets added across the board in 10-team leagues, so I'm going to say it's probably going to be somewhere in the mid-80s. So a lot will depend, I think, where his roster percentage goes on what the projections are for him. Because despite what you said at the top of the show, people will still look at that.
0: Okay, Jahan Dotson. He also might
2: get dropped heavily if he has a terrible game this week.
0: <laughs> Julio? Yes. Yeah. It's not like he had a huge game, but he looked good. <clears throat> he looked good. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Jahan Dotson. Wow. I'm dying here. Jahan Dotson, DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson. Led the team in targets. Set a 75-yard touchdown catch.
2: Curtis
3: I may studio. need some
2: liquid, liquid
0: IV. <laughs> IV. I don't have any water down here. Uh, anyway, uh, Dotson, Sorry, Chuck, in your house Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Curtis Samuels, Zay Jones, Kyle Phillips, Christian Watson, Isaiah McKenzie. We haven't talked about him. Devin Duvernay, Corey Davis, Greg Dorsch. Are there any must-ads in the group that I mentioned, starting with Jahan Dotson and on down? Any must-ads?
3: I think we'll differ on the must-ads. Because um, it sounds like Jamie doesn't have Curtis Samuel like even in his top five among receiver must-ads. No, he's, but I think...
2: I, uh, Two spots after Dotson for me. Okay,
3: Dotson
2: five. Uh, I have six?
3: I, I I think I get it Shark. if you're thinking rest of season, but I know you're not. I think you're thinking right now with Dotson better than Samuel. Like as soon as week two.
2: Well, I mean, he played I, I, more.
3: Yeah, I know, but I think Samuel is going to keep this role for as long as he's healthy. He might be hurt in two weeks, and it'll look silly. But for now, I, I'm buying into what Washington's doing. I think they're going to be able to do it again against Detroit. And I think Curtis Samuel's worth the ad.
2: Yeah, I, don't know, I, I think he's worth that. But you know, I'm just looking at where his role is and what this offense looks like. Again, I just don't know if he's going to keep this up.
3: He's not a big play guy like Dotson's a big play guy. And Dotson, one of his touchdowns, wasn't even a big play. It was a, I think it was a score zone touchdown, so inside the
2: ten. Dotson to me, and, and I know we've talked about this a lot this off season. He, he, when you start to see rookies get it, this is him not getting it yet. When he starts to get it, then these plays become not not two touchdown games, but these plays become more consistent.
3: I hear you. I wonder if he is starting to get it though, because he might. He, he was getting it pretty early yeah, on like in OTAs with Wentz, and now it's starting to show up on the field.
0: I like it. He's one of the reasons I didn't draft Terry McLaurin. You know, this could be a situation where these guys are a little frustrating, but they make Carson Wentz better than we thought. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying Wentz. Both is, of them. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, all three of them, right? And, and plus Logan Thomas. It's really not a bad receiving core. Uh, Jahan Dotson, two touchdowns in his NFL debut, 20 touchdowns in 21 games in his last two seasons at Penn State. Ty- hey, can we go
3: back to running backs real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the Rex Burkhead topic, apparently Lovey talked about getting Damian Pierce more work on Monday. Uh, The quote is, some of the other things we did in the game, oh, I got to put my beard on. Some of the other things we did in the game, looking on the offensive (laughs) side of the ball, I understand how many plays Damian Pierce played. The plan, of course, was for him to get more. You get into the game and situations make you go a little bit different direction. Uh, You learn from mistakes, those mistakes like that, mistakes of those situations that you look at the day after. So maybe it'll be closer to 50-50 moving forward. But, man, they'd be smart to get Pierce more work.
2: The most frustrating thing about Pierce in week one was if you were to tell me in the craziest of scenarios, which played itself out, that the Texans held a 20-3 to three lead going into the fourth quarter and Pierce was not going to be a guy getting work to help kill the clock. That was insane because that's the perfect scenario to give him opportunities, the perfect scenario that you want to have a big physical running back that can oh. give you those opportunities. To help push the pile and, and and do some things. Either he wasn't doing what they wanted, they really just got into whatever they felt was a groove with Burkett. Something was just off there. Cause that's, you know, like if you're chasing points, fine, play Burkett. That makes a lot of sense if you feel more comfortable them in the passing game. But up two touchdowns, fire him. And not using him? Fire Lovey. Who <laughs> else can we fire? <laughs> no, 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 no. Why do
0: you think person. that happened? I don't know. He's but can we, I, I wanna we move on. Yet. Sorry, just we gotta end the show fairly
2: soon. Uh, Carolyn, first, first you fire Nathaniel Hackett. Uh huh. Then you fire Belichick.
0: Oh, fire him, yeah. Oh, now, wow, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, hiring Matt Patricia.
0: I would fire McVay after that performance. How do you come out flat like that after what doing? No, you don't fire Bowl? McVay.
2: Um, you cut Cam Akers, though. Um, <laughs> you fire Bill Belichick, hiring Matt Patricia as office coordinator. Who's the third coach who get fire? Um,
3: uh, uh, I don't know. Well, Mike McCarthy.
2: Yeah, but I mean, McCarthy, you know, he loses his quarterback. Um. So no, we have
3: news
0: on that, they by mean, the way. Might, they might. As well hey, fire him now. I got news. I got news. Calvin Watkins covers the Cowboys, tweeting that Jerry Jones said the Cowboys are not putting Dak Prescott on IR with the belief that he can return in the next four games. We'll have to talk more why about why
3: would the- you put him on IR? That's dumb. Because he'd have to.
0: I know. Jerry Jones also said that they're going to have Tyron Smith for the meat of the season. I I don't know, Jerry. Should probably not be on the radio as much. Fire Jerry Jones. All right. So anyway, wide receivers are done. <laughs> tight ends to. to who, would, add. who
2: would be the puppet for Mike McCarthy? <laughs> Good question.
0: Uh, there's a bloodline there. So add tight ends: Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. We haven't talked about him. Oh, by the way, don't drop Cam Akers yet, right?
2: Like, would you drop no, no, Cam Akers no. for Jeff Wilson? I wouldn't drop Cam Akers yet. No. Okay. For now, for Jeff Wilson, right? I mean, if I mean, that's I'd, your only option. Then I'm Ooh. dropping Cam Akers for Jeff Wilson.
3: Ooh. I think so, because I'm starting Wilson out of Akers this week.
2: Okay. Ah, maybe it not. might maybe be a I big regret,
0: regret later in the
2: year. Yeah, it could be better later in the year, but you might have two months of the 49ers' best running back as opposed to the backup for the Rams.
0: Could be. All right, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, Albert O., Tyler Conklin. Very different order here. As Jamie went with Everett, number one, facing the terrible Cardinals this week on Thursday. Almost certainly—I well, wouldn't say that, but likely without He's facing Canada. the Chiefs.
3: He's facing the Chiefs. Oh,
0: damn it. I did it again.
3: Uh, those teams, they all wear red.
0: Who's facing Arizona this week? The Raiders? The Raiders. The Raiders. I always— I. You know, it was the Raiders, Chargers, and I gave him the Raiders schedule instead of the Chargers schedule. I'm sorry about that. So he's facing the. Chiefs. Would you
3: like me to send you a spreadsheet with every game on it? No, I
0: like don't need grid? that.
3: I just need to copy and paste properly.
0: He
2: would like you to go stand behind his camera and hold up a sign of every game.
3: <laughs> you know, I I almost <laughs> I'll got, hold up the grid that I make.
2: I almost own. got held back like, in kindergarten because I couldn't that. like cut and
0: paste well, and now I can't copy and paste well. Thirty three years later. So Everett's one for Jamie. I think Albert O. was one for Dave. Higby's mm-hmm. on the list. Hayden Hurst, Robert Tunyon. Um, what, so like, who are we pivoting away from? Are we dropping Dawson Knox for Everett? Are we dropping Cole Komet for Everett? Uh, Jamie, what's your read on tight end?
2: See, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if I want to do that yet because I, I want to see what happens with, you know, Knox and, you know, taking on a Rams defense that obviously is very good. Uh, see how he does this week against Titans. I want to see how um, Komet does in not... a you know, torrential downpour and hopefully getting more opportunities. But I get it if you're frustrated and you took a, you know, loss with those guys doing nothing. So, and and, and to, to the order of those tight ends, you can really flip it on set. I, I, I don't see, uh, I can see pros and cons for all those guys. Everett to me is in the best spot this week because of Allen's injury. And so that's why I put him first. If Allen does not play, he'll get a couple more targets. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about this. Justin Herbert last year, 137 targets to the position. 83 of those targets went to Jared Cook. You got a four-target game where everybody basically got four targets for the Chargers this week. So, you know, I think if you get a little bit more consolidated targets, he gets maybe six to eight in a game where they could be in a shootout on Thursday night. So I like Everett the best. But if you want to take Logan Thomas over Tyler Higbee, I like Higbee that he had 11 targets and could be the third option and might be the second option if they fall out of favor with Allen Robinson. That's why I put him two. Uh, But Albert O, certainly in a great spot. Should have a touchdown. You know, that probably changes the Alec for him, you know, getting tackled at the goal line. Uh, Logan Thomas, you know, great coming back from the injury. Just feels like, you know, is Carson Wentz going to support Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas? Like, to me, it feels a little bit crowded room, receiving room for him. So, you know, I kind of looked at it, you know, a little bit differently. But, again, you know, you like Thomas, take Thomas. You like Alberto, take Alberto. You like Everett, take him. Higby, take him. You know, Robert Tunyon to me, feels somebody that is just getting slept on a little bit too much because coming back from the injury in a receiving core that is – awful. I think that was a shake the rust off game and I think he could have a a two touchdown game against the Bears this week.
0: Okay, and drop Gasicki and drop Hunter Henry. And let's go to the drop meter We'll finish the show real quick with the drop meter here, guys. Zero to ten. Zero is no way. Don't drop him. Uh, Ten is rostering him was worse than Nathaniel Hackett's decision to kick a field goal. Ten is drop him immediately. The dropometer. James Cook, eighty-seven percent rostered.
3: One.
2: Six.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Allen. I don't want to drop him.
2: I don't want to drop him either. But I just keep thinking if Jeff Wilson is staring me in the face, I'm dropping James Cook for Jeff Wilson.
0: How about Allen Robinson? Zero. One. Cam Akers.
2: One. Again. Um, all right. I'll take Jeff Wilson out of the equation. So two. Dawson Knox. Five. Five.
0: Amari Cooper.
2: One. Five. <laughs> when are you playing Amari Cooper before Deshaun Watson comes back?
3: By a He's. Yeah, bench depth.
0: Injuries? But I think
3: he kind of knew that to a degree. Oh, I think okay. he could also have some games where he gets more targets.
0: Who are you ranking higher this week? Assuming
2: Godwin is out.
0: Julio Jones at the Saints or... or Julio by know, a mile. Or is it a home game? Julio Jones against the Saints or Amari Cooper against the Jets?
2: Julio by a mile. I've
3: got Cooper barely ahead of Julio.
2: Uh,
0: David Njoku, 61%
2: rostered. You'd rather Ten. have Kobe Brissett's number one guy over Tom Brady's number two guy.
0: Yep. Interesting. Evan Ingram. One's playing the Saints, one's playing the Jets. You can cut Evan Ingram. Uh... Yeah. 12, about Devontae Smith? No catches. 97% rostered.
3: Negative three.
2: <laughs> um, zero.
3: Okay. George Pickens.
2: Two.
0: Three. Cole Komet. Uh, we already talked about him.
3: That's a zero. I, you almost have to throw out everything that you saw from Chicago in that game. Sky Moore. He's droppable. Seven.
2: Uh, Four.
0: Brandon Ayuk, zero. Zero. Hunter Renfro.
2: zero. Two. Kadarius Tony. I'll say wait. Renfro will be a four in non PPR. Zero in PPR. Okay.
3: Kadarius Tony is a four. And yeah. t- like eventually, he, whatever's wrong, he learns the playbook. Uh, he becomes best friends with Dana Jones. Whatever's wrong. Will eventually get fixed and he'll be a part of what they're doing. Did you see his end around? Yes, it was great. I'm telling you, Kadarius Tony is one of the most talented players
0: in, in football. Uh non-court, like talented skill position players.
3: You wouldn't say that if he were on any other team. He's good. There's He's no incredibly He's good. talented. It's insane. If he was on the Eagles, you would you would not say that. Wow, I love oh, wait, it. you're kind of an Eagles fan. I love, it yeah. If you were on the Commanders, you would not see. <laughs> That's true. If you were on the Cowboys, you definitely
2: Commanders watch. are my least favorite, in case you're curious.
3: Uh, and finally, Team Name Tuesday.
2: Predicted order of finish now for the NFC is Eagles, then who?
0: Washington, Dallas, Giants. You still think Dallas? You still think Dallas I think is Dallas to ends up dead last. Yep. I think they'll be so much better in the last eight games of the season than the Giants. The Giants are so bad. They just had no business winning that game. Um. Team name Tuesday to end the show. This, one, smart. this one's for Jamie uh, in honor of his mailbag confession from Trevor. Jamie fart farted on
1: the show.
0: He sure did. I do
1: that all the time.
0: Oh, great. All right. It's, uh, wow. I'm the only one with matters here. 12 years running. I've never we done American it once on, on the show. Yeah. All right. We're out of here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. See you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com/slash/football today.
3: This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.